Amen. Good morning. How are you guys doing? You guys doing good? Y'all can clap. That's okay. As a matter of fact, do me a favor. High five the person next to you and say, it's good to see you this morning. Now, high five the one that you rejected and said, it's good to see you too. Got awkward really quick, right? For those of you that don't know who we are, uh, my name is Aaron Castellanos, and this is my beautiful wife, Debbie Castellanos, here, and uh, that's a picture of our family. Uh, we've been coming here to NCC about six years or so, and uh, it is such a blessing to be a part of this body here, man. We're so blessed to have the leadership that we have here and uh, just the great people that we're surrounded by. And so um, a little bit about us, as you can see, we've got a good group of kids there. Uh, we had three girls and then, what's that? Just four. Just four, no big deal, right? And then we have our baby boy, Judah. And so life is busy for us right now, man. We are running around. We're constantly just going, going, and going just because of how young they are. But they are so much fun. I mean, especially my boy. Not that the girls aren't fun, but the boy is just something else. Like, he starts kicking me and punching me, and I'm like, girls never did that, right? So it is a lot of fun to do that. Um, but it is, it is our pleasure and an honor to be able to, to, to just share a great message with you guys uh, we've been praying and just preparing and just uh, asking the Lord, what does he want us to share with you guys this morning? And so before we get started, I just want to pray um, as we go into it. So if we can bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you so much this morning, God, for just loving us the way that only you do, God. We thank you that you forgive us, God. We thank you that in this place, God, your arms are open, Father. And every single person that walked in through those doors, God, you were waiting for them. You were saying, welcome home. I'm glad you're here. And God, you're not pointing the finger. You're not condemning, God. You're here, God, to pull us closer and closer to you. So Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence in this place this morning. Have your way in us. We open up our hearts to receive the word that you want to share with us this morning. We ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So welcome today. Um, you're in for a treat. Um, what he didn't tell you is this is my first time speaking up here, holding a mic like this. He's used to it. He's great in front of people. But for me, this is, this is awkward. So let's just get the weirdness out. Um, I talk really fast when I get excited, and then I forget to breathe right. So then I'm like choking. You know? So if I do that, just go with it. Laugh really hard and slap your knee or something. Like say amen when it's inappropriate. Just, just make me feel like we're at home or something. Cause she this, did this great is, the first service. I don't know what she's talking about. So it's, it's, it's. Hey, I, I just don't. It's weird having all these eyes on me. So, so I'm just, just gonna treat y'all like you're in my living room, right? And you're all just sitting on my couch, just all of us together, and you know. <laughs> all these people in our yes, couch. Yes, all of all us right. together. Big hunger. <laughs> so, um, Aaron and Sarah went to speak in Illinois. And Pastor Aaron just threw us this theme. He's like, you know, we're peace out. We're gonna we're gonna go speak in Illinois, and guess what? You guys get to talk about sex. Ah, yeah, touche, Pastor Aaron, touche. <laughs> so that's our topic today. So the the theme for today is, you know, we've been in this True Love and Bloom series, and we've heard a lot about relationships. Today, it's love versus lust, God's design for our sexuality. So no easy topic. As my first, you know, time with the microphone is, we're gonna talk about sex. So, um, disclaimer, I know a lot of us bring our, our kiddos sometimes into church, but if you're not ready for them to hear um, adult conversations, then um, this is your cue to, <laughs> to come in to, to new kids if you want. That's totally up to you. But So here's hoping that we don't say anything totally inappropriate, I mean the subject. So, you know, if y'all don't see us here next Sunday, it might be because 
Pastor Aaron and Sarah were like, we heard what y'all said, and that was really inappropriate. No, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll she be did fine. a great job in her we'll first service. So can y'all just give it up for her, though? I mean, first time. <laughs> we will be celebrating our 11th year married this year. And uh, first time I laid eyes on this beautiful girl, I was 14, she was 15. We're at a Valentine's Day dance. She was wearing a long floor skirt, brown top. And I said, who's that little hot mama right there? I got to talk to her. No, it didn't even happen that way. I sent a letter through somebody and... Yeah, that's the way I did it. Because I, I was smooth. I didn't have time. I had people taking care of my yeah, business. Whatever. You know what I mean? So. Whatever. Well, uh, so today's topic, right? We're, we're going to talk about sex. And, but but when, I, when I was younger and I would hear a topic like that, the first thing I would think was, okay, great. We're going to talk about why sex isn't, before marriage isn't good and why you should save yourself for your marriage. You know, that's, that's the kind of attitude I had. But when I was in college, I went, to, I went to college in Abilene, and I was a part of a great church there. And our college pastor did a series on marriage, and he was talking about sex a lot. And the way he talked about it just changed my view on the way I looked at sex and on, and on intimacy in marriage. And I wasn't even dating anybody at that time. But he, he, he just changed the way I looked at it. And, and that's kind of what we want to present to you guys today is, you know, at, the, at that point in my life, my reasons for waiting until marriage were very different. My reasons were like, I just don't want to disappoint Jesus. And I'm trying to get a degree, so I'm not trying to get pregnant right now. Those were my reasons. But after listening to what he said, I really held sex in a high regard, right? I, I, I looked at it so much differently as just a physical act, just something to create children. It was different. And so that's our desire as we were preparing this message. Is It isn't to bring a bunch of should and shouldn'ts to you and point the finger and make anybody feel awkward or weird. Um, this isn't to bring a bunch of rules to you. So right. although, you know, some of those things will be touched on, but I'd like for you to, I'd like for you as, as we proceed, for you to think about how does this apply to me in the season that I'm at, okay? So I know we've got a mixture of people here. We've got students, young teenagers, so, you know, definitely apply that there, but we got people who are dating, don't ever want to get married, or people who have been married at some point, or you're married now, and so just do me a favor, and as we continue, think about what's being said, and just ask the Lord, how does that apply to me in the season I'm at right now? Right. Okay. And, I, and I think the foundation of any message, especially this one, is understanding that God is good and his plans for you are good. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. When we don't start with that in mind, we feel like we're being cheated on something or we're missing out on something. Does that make sense? So the foundation of any message, especially this one, is understanding God's plans are good. Amen to that. Yeah, um, I, I, think it's, um, I think it's important to establish up front that that God created sex. He created sex and he created it to be good. Right. And that may be strange for some of us to hear depending on how we grew up or, or experiences we've had. That may be really awkward to think about. But God created our bodies and, and he created sex to be a good thing. Okay, so we're going to turn to Genesis 1.28. So if you'd pull out your Bibles, pull out your phone, whatever you use to, to read the word. If you don't have a Bible, if you look in the seats in front of you, there are Bibles there, and you're welcome to take that with you if you don't have a Bible at home. So we're going to look at Genesis 1.28, and if you'd read with me, it says, And God blessed them, them being Adam and Eve, okay? And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. 
So we're seeing that the first instruction God gives Adam and Eve is to what? Is to be fruitful and multiply. Right. And fruitfulness and multiplication, if you haven't gotten the memo, doesn't happen without the act of sex. Right? And so I think that it's interesting that the first thing that God tells them is to be fruitful and multiply, to have sex, which leads me to believe that God created sex to be enjoyed by two people. It wasn't something that he just said, okay, let's go do this and let's go do that, right? Sex is good. God created sex to be good. The thing that I hate is how the enemy will twist that and make it something that's not. Does that make sense? Especially nowadays, he'll take something so beautiful and causes people to bring shame and all those different things that come along with it. Yeah. So... What, wh how did God design sex to be? So we're, we're just going to hit some points. Some of them will take a little bit of time on. Some of them will be pretty common sense. But the first point we wanted to hit on, how did God design sex to be? Well, he designed it for it to be something that bonds two people, something that brings unity um, to two people, two becoming one. We've heard that quite a bit. Right. Um, if you have your Bible there still up, Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The emphasis being on that term right there, one flesh. So we see there, based on that verse, that there's a bonding that takes place whenever sex happens. And, and I guess this is a point for me to be able to, to say this. And again, if you didn't follow this plan, if you didn't go this route, I don't want you to think that everything is over that everything's messed up, that God doesn't forgive and restore. But at the same time, I want you to understand the importance of what happens when two people have sex. The issue is when people try to have sex outside of marriage, you're trying to become one with someone who's not fully committed to you through the covenant of marriage. And so I've seen it happen a lot of times. You know, we've, we've been in youth ministry for years, or people come to us, you know, just to talk and get counsel. And when there's a breakup that happens between two people and they're dating or they're, they're engaged, there's a difference between just a heartbreak and then one that's just completely devastated. And the one that's completely devastated, I've, I've seen a common thread. As I ask them, well, did you have sex? And they're like, yeah, we, we did. And every single time what I've seen is that because of this bonding that takes place, it's more than just a heartbreak. It's people being torn apart completely. The person takes a piece of that person and they go on and they understand, man, why does this hurt so much? Because of that right there, God created sex to be a bonding experience. And uh, the second thing, I love this one right here. You guys are all quiet now, right? Let's get into some fun. Um, sex is meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be fun. Can we get an amen from the married people today, right? Okay. And so it's, it's supposed to be exciting. It's not supposed to be something like, let's just get it over with, right? This is a, a list of things that we need to do this week. You know, we've been married 11 years. Hey, we're talking about sex. I'm going to be real with y'all this morning, right? Is that okay with y'all? Hey, the world does a great job at talking about sex. You know, the best people that should be having the best sex are married Christian people. Amen? And so, so after almost 11 years, like, I still get excited to have sex with my wife. I'm going to be honest with y'all, right? I don't need to go into detail. I'm just going to look down while you talk. Okay? <laughs> but that's an amazing thing. Why? Because sometimes you talk to people that have been married for years, and it's like, how long have you been married? And they're like, oh, we've been married 40 years. And they say it as this thing of like, man... I've gotten the death penalty for my whole life. Does that make sense? There should be an excitement. There should be something that happens either after many years for me to come home and look forward to seeing her, you know what I mean? And not be like, man, here we go again, right? Well, and let me, I really felt like it was really important to stop in this point and, and talk a little bit about, a little bit a bit, um, 
a little bit about something that, um, that I've come across a lot in my friendships. Um, I mean, the point is that, this, this particular point, is that sex, God gave us sex for it to, to be pleasurable, for it to be fun and exciting. But I've seen that a lot of us women, and I'm just speaking in general, don't view it like that. You know, a lot of us will, will look at sex as like a chore, a duty, something I have to do to keep him from cheating on me. Or, you know, it's just not, it's, it's not that exciting. I've, I've talked to a lot of women who probably could do without sex for the rest of their lives, you know? And it breaks my heart that we, as a, as a gender, feel that way because I know that it wasn't created that way. Right. Um, and this is a complicated, touchy subject. It's not something that you can just listen to a message and go home and be like, yay, you know, everything's fixed in, the, in, in our physical intimacy. It's not that simple. But, you know, lest husbands think that you can just elbow your wife or go home and, and tell her, you know, that weird lady on stage said that you're supposed to have fun in, 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 in the room. <laughs> it's, it takes two. Okay, right. it takes two. And although us women have a, maybe a lot we need to work on, maybe we need to come to our father and, and to, to, your, to your heavenly father, yes, not your that, daddy. Please. You know, when you say <laughs> that, that out loud, quick. <laughs> when you say that out loud, you're like, let me just clarify. Yeah. I mean, you can talk to your daddy. It just might be no, a little weird. Talk to your heavenly father. So, you know, something to bring to your, to, in your prayer of like, uh, this is how I feel about it. This is how I approach it. And I don't want that. I know that's not how you designed it to be. Um, what, what needs to change? What needs to change in me? Can you walk us through that process? But like I said, it takes two. So man, that also means to, to look inside yourself. Like, is my wife comfortable with me emotionally? Right. Does she feel like she can be vulnerable with me emotionally, spiritually? Because if she doesn't, it's not going to be very easy to be vulnerable with someone physically. Does that make sense? So I felt like it was important to say that because that's such a common thread among women. But I want you to know that there is so much grace there. And, and, and this isn't the end of it all. Like Just because you know, you've lived, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years in, in this way in your marriage, that doesn't mean that's how it has to be forever. The Lord makes all things new. Right. And he, and he is a good God and he gives good gifts. So I just wanted to put that plug in there because I know that this topic isn't so easy for some women. And I want you to know, I want, I want you to think differently about it. I want, I want us to put sex in a high regard, even though that may be really awkward to talk about. You may have grown up where nobody talked about that, you know, sex was a dirty thing or, um, you know, nobody ever approached it in my home. I don't know if my parents will ever listen to this, but um, in my <laughs> home, my parents would slap each other's butts and like, my mom would like, just go sit on top of my dad and, you know, like just stuff like that. Like to us, it was like, ew, gross. Like, why are y'all kissing like that in front of me? Where's my sister? Yeah, she knows. Um, <laughs> You know, that's how I, it was a fun thing. I right. mean, even, even though, oh crap, my cousin's here too. They're going to tell, they're going to tell on me. Um, <laughs> but they, they, that's how I saw it growing up. But I know that that's not how it is in every household. So I just wanted to say that, that, that to challenge, I'm not going to sit here and give you solutions, but just challenge you to look at it differently to, as a couple to work on that. Like, Lord, Teach us what we need to change in our marriage so that physical intimacy will reflect what's in our marriage. Does that make sense? Yeah, Did I make it just really no, that's, awkward and that's somber? Good. No, that's good. <laughs> and, and, you know, to men, y'all can clap. That's fine. Uh, you know, to the men, I want to tell you that intimacy happens way before the act of sex happens. And that's one of the things that I've learned. When we have the best sex is when I'm serving her the most. 
when it's not, okay, now we're going to go into it. It's me, you know, romancing her and pursuing her throughout the day, making her feel special so that she does feel comfortable when it gets to that point. Does that make sense? And it's just crazy the way the society portrays it. The third thing is, you know, sex is meant to be beautiful. It's meant to be a beautiful thing. And, uh, you know, our story is a little bit different than what's common these days. And it's sad to say, we met at 14 and 15. And it's crazy. I know it's going to be hard to believe, but we were both virgins when we first got married. The first time we had sex was with each other. And was it easy? Heck no, it was not easy. Okay, let me just be honest. I mean, look at me, right? Uh, I'm kidding. But no, it, it wasn't easy. It was a very difficult thing. But whenever the Lord started changing our hearts, we started realizing if this is how God created it to be, and this is the best that it can be right here is waiting till marriage, why wouldn't I wait for that? I'm not going to settle. I want the best of the best. Does that make sense? Yeah, and thanks. And so from my perspective, um, yeah, that was one of the hardest things we've ever done, especially when we were engaged. When you're like, we already have a wedding day. We've already booked the place. Like, you know, it's right. just real easy to want to compromise. And not that we were perfect. I don't want to paint that picture. Right. But, um, but it, it was one of the hardest things we've ever done. But from my perspective, <laughs> from my perspective, it, it just, just to know that I was waiting for my husband. The first time was going to be with my husband. Not with my fiance, not with my boyfriend, but with my husband. Um, that was important to me. But also the fact that he was choosing to wait for me and respecting me in that, not just physically, but with his words, um, meant a lot. It made me feel more valuable, you know? Right. So that's maybe speaking to, to the men in the group is that how you lead her, even when you're dating, even when you're engaged, it, it, it helps her feel valuable. And, and I mean, you don't think that we want it to? Of course. Again, God made a sexual... I'm kidding. Stop. I'm messing with you. God made us sexual <laughs> beings, but... Um, it just made me feel right. like I was worth something, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the next thing we, we, we want to look at here is sex is obviously created to be fruitful. Uh, anything you want to add to that? No, not no? really. Okay. First time on the mic. Can I blame it on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously we're experienced. We have four kids on the fruitful part, right? Uh, number five, it was meant to be honored. Hebrews 13.4, what does that say? Hebrews 13.4 um, says, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. So, so just kind of hitting back on that point that we said at the beginning, that we, we want to honor marriage. We, um, we want to honor, honor sex. We want to honor uh, the gift that he has given us. Right. Uh, the next thing is sex is meant to be shameless, right? There shouldn't be any hiding. You know, when you see shame come into the picture in the Bible, it was in the book of Genesis, but it was after sin had entered the earth, after sin had come in. Prior to that, God created Adam and Eve. The Bible says that they were naked. They didn't notice that until shame came into the picture, and then they were hiding. Yeah. And so the issue with, with, you know, the way things are done these days is there's a shame that's attached to it, and that's not the way God created it to be. Uh, the next thing is it's meant to be satisfying, right? God created a husband and a wife to be able to satisfy each other's needs. Proverbs 5:18 through 19 says, Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer and a graceful doe. I've never called Debbie a lovely deer. Maybe that's a thing I need to go for, right? Uh, it says, let her breast fill you always with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. And that is my prayer, man. I want to be married for 40 years and 50 years and for people to think that we just got married because how in love I am with her. That's the way it was meant to be, right? Amen. And so 
here, here, I didn't want to give too much attention to lust because I think lust is spoken about a lot, right? I mean, you can just look outside and you can see lust everywhere. The thing about lust is this, it's it's self-gratifying. All it cares about is itself. It doesn't care about serving the other person. It's about me. The Bible says in Matthew 5.28, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. There's a standard that God says, and he says, this is sin, lust is sin. And the thing about lust is it's all about me. And I, I see that now, right? Now more than ever, men struggle with things like pornography because it's so accessible. I remember when I was a kid, just being honest, I mean, getting a hold of a magazine was not as easy as it is now. All you have to do is just get on your phone and, and kids accidentally click on stuff and end up where they shouldn't be. And we live in a society that's all about me, me, me. So when someone lives in that kind of culture and that kind of society, it's hard for them to come home and think about their wife and serving them. Does that make sense? Yeah, and we're we're called to we're called to reflect Jesus in in every area of our lives, right? So that that means that it, it, I serve Him, and this isn't just talking about the physical act of sex. It's not it's not just talking about physical intimacy. But if you want to have the best sex life, you serve each other throughout right. the day, right? And I'm not saying that's easy, but but you serve each other. You serve versus wanting to be served. Right. Absolutely. So one of the things we want you guys to get this morning is to be in awe of this gift that God has given us as humans. It's a beautiful thing that God has given us, and he wants us to hold it in a place of honor, and that's just something that can just be tossed to the side. So as we transition to, to close out, I, I kind of would love to challenge each of you here in this room. And we're all in different places, and we all have a different history. We all have different history of relationships. And to, to those who, who are students, to those who are teenagers, we hope that you look at sex differently as not just this coming of age thing, but rather that when you hear lyrics that cheapen sex, that it causes you to process those lyrics differently, right? That what you see on TV or what you see in, um, in movies, that you start thinking about that differently instead of just accepting it as like, oh, that's right. just the way it is, right? For those who, who are unmarried, whether you've been married before or you've never, you've never been married before, we hope that you are excited about a good God who has given you a gift. Ultimately, this message I want you to hear, it's not just about sex, okay? Right. I want you to hear that this message is about trusting a good God and that he is good, that his best is good for you. Um, this could be applied to any area in our lives, right? It could be applied to career. It could be applied to money. Do we trust that his best is the best for us? Or do we step in the way like we do with so many things and say, I'm just going to shortcut it on this, you know? It, do you trust him with that? So I hope that you're excited about what God has for you, if, if, you're, if you're in that position where you're unmarried, um, and, and even if you don't ever want to get married, because I was at that one point too, I don't know if I, I, I enjoyed being single. I changed that, obviously. Of course. So. But, but we hope that you hold this gift in high regard. We hope that, that, that you look at it with, with honor, right? Right. Um, and, and I would also, you know, she, she's been challenging, and she kind of hit on this earlier today, but guys, those of you that are, whether engaged or you're dating, Love your, per your spouse, your significant other enough to say, I want the best for you, so let's wait. I wanted this to be a great thing and to be able to experience at this maximum because we waited and we made it 
what God created it to be. So you be the leader. You be the one that steps up and says, you know what? I'm not going to wait for her to tell me let's not have sex. I'm going to step up as a man to show her this is not just for right now. But when we go into our marriage, I want you to understand what kind of man you're marrying, that he's going to treat you the right way. He's going to lead you in the right way and have the right perspective. And so one of, one of the things that, you know, a lot of times when we think about those types of uh, uh, things, it's very difficult. You know, we all have a struggle when it comes to sexuality. I mean, what would you say to people that are married? Well, and for, for those of us who are married and, and, and are listening here today, um, we hope that you have a new and, and exciting perspective on what you have full freedom to do in your marriage, right? Um, we hope that this sparks conversations. Oh, yeah, I like that. Your, full freedom, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who was it? Jimmy Evans that said something like, um, what did he say? He said, uh, I think he said he's, he's a Christian marriage counselor, and he said, if it feels right and the other person's not feeling like they're being demeaning or anything like that, and it's not against the Bible. And they're consenting. Yes. He said, yeah, full freedom to do that in your marriage. So. Right. Full freedom. Yeah, full freedom in your marriage. Um, but, we hope, full freedom for you. Yeah, but we hope ahead. that this um, sparks some good conversations, um, no matter where you're at in, in relationships. We hope that it, uh, most importantly, that it sparks good and, and, and tough, maybe, conversations with your Heavenly Father, right? That, that you bring your, your reality of, of where you've been and where you're at to Him, and that, and that you wrestle with that, that you wrestle with the Word. I mean, I, I think that church should be a place where we talk about tough stuff, right. even if we don't necessarily all agree or we're not in the same place. We should talk about hard stuff. We should talk about awkward stuff. But um, but I, and I'm and I'm grateful for leadership that gives us that opportunity to to and, and then they put us up here to talk about it. They go on to Illinois. Obviously, I'm not bitter about that at all. <laughs> Obviously not. But, um, but to all of us, I, I just um, our prayer is that you would see that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, even sex. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I want to end with you guys to really have an image of, you know, I think when people really think about their sexuality, there's all kinds of mixed emotions, right? There's people that either have gone through things where it's like, you know what, my innocence was taken from me at a young age. And, and there's hurt when you think about sex, right? There's others that say, you know what, when I think about sex, I think about everything that's not right with me. It would have been nice for me to have waited and, and not, you know, have sex before marriage. And so when you hear conversations like this, you look at yourself and, and you know, maybe you feel dirty. And I, and I brought this cup up here to kind of be able to give you that demonstration. Or those of you that are way too familiar with the fact that I have an addiction to pornography. And so when I, I hear things like that, I feel dirty. I walk in through these doors and if you're single right now, you're thinking, am I even worthy of having a good marriage one day because I feel like I've messed it up? Or maybe you're married right now and you're saying, am I even worthy to receive his forgiveness because I feel like I've messed it up. I keep doing the same thing over and over again. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful, right, to, to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So however you feel, if this is you right now and you feel this way, what I've seen happen in my life is that when I come to God in full transparency and, and, and humility, what starts to happen is this transformation process happens. He begins to pour more of him inside of me and everything that was dirty gets, continues to just pour out. And it's not an overnight process. It's hard, it's difficult, but I just continue to stand up, keep going to the Lord. And before you know it, I start to look back and I think this is no longer an addiction. This no longer has a hold of me. Look at our marriage, it's been restored. Look at our marriage, it has life again. And that's what I want to challenge you with this morning, is that if you're in that position right now, come to God and he's just saying, let me restore. Let me mend what's broken. Let me show you that things, that there are still good plans for you. 